Hello. I want to talk today about divided loyalties. I don't think I've yet spoken to a TCK that doesn't feel some sense of fragmentation or splitting between who they're supposed to belong to, who they want to belong to, who they thought they belonged to and then received very painful messages that actually, no, they don't. Divided loyalties kind of attacks us from two fronts. There's this externalization of identity that we carry around with us where we hope that where we feel we belong will be recognized by other people where other people affirm or deny our sense of belonging. And this can be complicated enough because which people, which groups? When we're over here, we can feel belonging. When we're over there, we can also feel belonging or conversely, not in both we can receive messages that were, okay, if I'm going to personalise this, too American whilst in the UK or too English whilst abroad. There develops a kind of moral hierarchy of identity that requires us to show proofs, demonstrations of no, really, I want to be with you, or I want to be identified as one of you. Perhaps this is complicated because the values of the different groups, the different nationalities, the different ethnicities, conflict with one another. Over here, we're required to be, or we feel ourselves required to be, a certain way a certain expression of self, to align ourselves with particular preferences. And then a whole set of other ones elsewhere. And that in itself is conflicting enough, but what if both groups actually don't like each other very much or send us mixed messages because we're trying to process all this, process all this as children, right? A certain amount of nuance and grey area and how we feel about our arenas of belonging is completely natural, but children tend to think in black and white terms and we can receive very mixed messages. If whilst abroad in our host country or countries, our parents, our sending organisations, our immediate expatriate community communicates a dislike of elements of that host culture, bang, we're divided. Whatever we feel about that host culture is set up in contrast with what they feel. To whom do we belong? This can get very complicated for TCKs who are biracial, who have dual nationality, who identify strongly with their nannies or their caretakers or other members of the host country that support their family in different ways. 
To whom do we align? To whom do we belong? And what happens if one community in rejecting another community to which we have some connection rejects part of us with them? A very simple example, but one that has been fairly problematic for me personally is the difference in the way humour or opinion is expressed. In the UK, we can be pretty dry, pretty sarcastic, pretty barbed. And that is to a certain extent, at least in my understanding, which is limited, is a matter of pride, a matter of wit, a matter of quiet pleasure, an indicator of intelligence and, and, and engagement to some of the Americans that I was with, it was seen as quite vicious, quite bitter, angry. And on top of that, um, the religious community that I was uh, growing up in, angry wasn't one of the good feelings. <laughs> particularly perhaps in a female. That was my experience. To be called out for being um, sarcastic or barbed, it doesn't have to happen often to make its mark when that critique is directed at something we so strongly associate with our other identity. The sensation of rejection or confusion, feeling our loyalties questioned. In that moment, who do we align with? The Brit who's quite happy making sarcastic, critical comments? Or the softer American part of me who values being more mindful about how such remarks could be perceived. A lot of us grow up with a deep desire to refrain from alienating either part of us. So what do we do? We bring the fragmentation out there, the sensation of divided loyalty that we feel in the world around us and we internalise it, we bring it in. Because those communities live in me. I have parts of me that are very American, parts of me that are very English, parts of me that are very Hausa. Although to my increasing grief, I suppose, those parts feel like they're getting smaller over time. How do I deal with that? How do you deal with that? When we have these internal identities that don't really know what to do with one another. Do they play nice? 
or when we step into one of those identities, do the others jostle and feel the discomfort of that? On a very basic level, do our loyalties to different identities do they do these identities like one another? Does my internally experienced Englishness appreciate my internally experienced American identity? Or in their defensiveness, in their desire to gain all of my allegiance, to know where they stand, to know where they belong, do they meet out a certain scorn to one another? Because if they do, that explains a lot of the internally felt fragmentation we feel. If we don't accept all of us, then we feel shame, confusion, guilt. When I'm being very English, is that because I've forgotten West Africa. If I'm being very American, does that mean I've forgotten England? Are they a threat to one another? What do we do with this? What do we do when our internal identities First, get rejected or misunderstood by the world around us, who usually feels more comfortable with a stable one. And we have so many. One thing I think is a very helpful approach. Scratch that. Two helpful approaches. One quite pragmatic approaching the self as a committee. Each member, one around the table. Each member allowed a voice and an input. Something we often do, which I observe in my work with third culture kids, is we have this sense of magnitude or ratio, ratio is a better word, we have this sense of ratio between our identities. The time spent in that country was greater, ergo that that culture should have more of an impact on me now. I was only in that country for two years. How could it have, how is it still such a big part of my consciousness? It shouldn't be. These are the things we often tell ourselves. And it can be so damaging. One of the wonderful things about the TCK definition, um, as sort of explained and explored by Ruth Van Rieken and David Pollock, is the deliberate vagueness <laughs> around TCKs are those people who spent a significant portion of their formative years Significant portion means significant to you. Was that time in that place significant 
to you? If so, there's a person at your table who's just as big as the one next to them, whose voice matters just as much. We don't need to create these complicated ratios or hierarchies between our internally felt identities. That's how we create an internal resentment or jostling or sense of stifled expression. If it was significant to you, they have a place at the table. You get to decide that, no one else. And getting to know the members of our committee be a long and incredibly worthwhile project. Do I know all of my members well? Or do I have this kind of snapshot view? Do I know them best when they are most unhappy? Because that's, let's face it, when a lot of us really engage with our internal identities. It's when we just can't ignore them anymore because they're yelling so loud and they hurt so big. What would change if we approached them rather than waiting for my Englishness to explode or my Americanness to just take over because it's had enough of being stuffed at the back there? Or perhaps it's a career identity or a family identity. Perhaps it's a deep ingrained belief from a particular age, a particular chapter of your story. Get to know the parts of you that keep showing up. Really get to know them. If we can get to know them, we might even like them. And my Englishness can no longer be a sardonic scornfulness that I might have pegged it as, or a certain ability to critically think that I particularly pride and associate with Englishness. Of course, it's not a only culture that has that, but my experience of my Englishness will be very particularly defined by my experiences of other people's interaction with me as English. That's okay. It doesn't have to match what Wikipedia says about that culture. It doesn't have to match what anybody else says about that culture. What does my story say being English mean? Now I can get to know that committee member. Now I can understand those subconscious places from which I operate. What does being American mean to me? How do I know when I'm doing it? I have a particularly unfortunate habit of letting my accent slide completely into a kind of international American accent. And for many people listening to this podcast, this is not the accent I work with you in. (laughs) Because if you sound American, I will probably start to morph into something more like your accent. 
Now, this is an embarrassing habit, and I know I'm not alone in it. A lot of us TCKs have taken mirroring and mimicking to a whole other level, and, and now it's out of our control. I can't do accents on purpose. And this English accent was one, one that I learned from the television because people thought I sounded too American here in the UK. So I learned how to sound English and now I can't shed the thing. I don't sound English like my family. It's a strange little accent I invented from mimicking. but I can feel embarrassed about that accent or I can embrace it as part of me being English or when it changes, me being TCK. If I despise the fact that my accent does this, if I allow it to be something shameful, I reject part of who I am. And I begin to expect other people to reject that part of me too. I tell myself to hide. What a terrible thing. To feel we have to hide. Because divided loyalties can elicit very complicated and unpleasant reactions people around us and a massive sense of failure in ourselves. So that's the pragmatic bit, right? Is getting to know the people around the table. The other bit, the other approach that can help with this sense of divided loyalty, and it's going to make me sound like a hippie, but a shed load of love. We have to love them. It's not enough to offer those identities a place at the table grudgingly, or even as I've done for years from a sense of, well, if I just want to be able to function better, this is how it has to be, a very utilitarian approach to the self. I will make space for you at the table because otherwise you will probably ruin my life with your dysfunctional coping mechanisms, is what I have told myself for a long time. And it's not enough. We have to welcome people to that table. We have to welcome ourselves. To get to know the me that wasn't sure what English meant and patched something together the best she could. The me that wasn't sure what being Hausa meant tribe in West Africa we had most to do with and who lost a lot of that identity. If I can't feel compassion for her, what will I do when I notice there's less and less Hausa expressed in my life? Well, I'm either likely to shove her in a corner and tell her you're not needed anymore or in my grief, I will blame her for being so small. For leaving that house identity behind. For forgetting the language. For not having more house of friends. 
I will criticise her for failing to be what she should have been, for failing to be bigger. What will that do to me, to her? Nothing good. Nothing good at all. I have to extend a hand of compassion to myself so that she can turn up to that table with the little she has. And you know what? I can help her get bigger. That divided loyalty really plays in to a greater extent when we feel like we have failed a culture somehow. When I have failed to be enough in one culture or another. So on the one hand, compassion to take away all of those expectations. All of that blame and judgment. That is good. But I can also empower those parts to get bigger. I can try and engage with the Hausa language. I can try and find recipes I can replicate, however badly, from my own kitchen. I can try and engage in culture and music. I can tell that part I love her. I can tell that part of me that she's worth investment and she can stay because we're going to work together. And instead of either or, we become and. That fragmentation coalesces into something much more integrated and cooperative. And then, if, as we all do, I experience rejection from one identity or another, that pain can be felt and processed without me cooperating or colluding in self-rejection as well. I don't have to bring that in anymore. I can say, whoa, that hurt. That really hurts that I am not perceived as belonging here or there or to whatever group. But I can belong to me. I don't have to collude with that sense of exile internally. I do not have to exile myself. Does that make sense? When we commit to ourselves, we're just so much more equipped to commit to the world around us. My thoughts for the day on divided loyalties. I'd be interested to know your thoughts, your experiences. But if all you want to do with this is listen and let it just wash over you, do that. If you can shed any shame as the words pass you by, do that. All of the parts of you are worthy of space at the table. Be good to you. Thanks for listening.